0: Hi guys, and thanks for listening in on this premiere episode of our new podcast What's Cooking in Denmark? by Komiad. This is the very first episode and it's made for all of you who are interested in the Danish news from an international perspective. Maybe you don't speak Danish yet and cannot fully understand the Danish news and you feel limited by the more summarizing English translations that are put on Facebook or the English language news sites in Denmark. Maybe you would like to hear the topics discussed from different perspectives uh, than the point of view taken from the Danish media or maybe you're just into listening to news discussions while you work from home or do your house chores. Just to be clear from the beginning, we're not discussing what's right and wrong in the different topics and we're not coming out with our personal opinions. Um, the talks are more about to compare how the news is portrayed by media in different countries and the effects it has on the public opinion. To bring international perspective to the news, I'm inviting people from our dinner club Comité friends to be my news cooking panel. This helps us bring perspective to the discussion and together we will try to find heads and tails to each topic, the discussion being spiced up with the news and knowledge that they have of what's going on in their own countries. In my first news cooking we have discussed three recent topics. Episode 1 will be about the main coronavirus. Episode 2 will be about the recent killing of Samuel Paty and the relation to freedom of speech in Denmark. And finally episode 3 will be about the US election and how it has been portrayed in Denmark. This was actually meant to be just one episode but once we got going we had so much to talk about and it lasted so long that we decided to make an episode per topic instead. With me in our news kitchen on these three episodes we have Ineke, a consultant from Belgium and Angie who is a project manager from the UK And I'm Sophie, the founder of Comed, and I'm from Denmark. Welcome, both of you. (laughs) Maybe I should say congratulations on being in Denmark during Corona, because we all know that uh, we could be doing worse than we are with the uh, current restrictions going on in Copenhagen. So, yeah, I looked a bit at the numbers, and uh, Inika, maybe you would like to start? and maybe explain, like, how is it uh, how is it going in Belgium when I look at the numbers? Mm-hmm. It looks like it's a... Uh...
1: Yeah, it's uh, pretty bad in Belgium. So um, I think the numbers are now going down a little bit. But we still have, like, 200 people dying every day from corona, which to me sounds gigantic. And we're, again, in, like, full lockdown. So, you know... Bars are closed, restaurants are closed, there's a curfew. Um, people have to be in, in Brussels by 10 in the evening. So between 10 and 6 in the morning, you can't be out. In Flanders, it's between midnight and 6. Uh, yeah. No sports, no... Yeah, I think it's tough on people. Like, you can have one, what they call, um, cuddle buddy. So, or hug buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, you actually, that's, that's the only person to have social contact with. So, yeah, I'm very lucky, I think, to be here because...
0: That's crazy. Just like to put it to perspective, how many people live in Belgium?
1: 11. 11 million. Yeah. yeah. And like we had like 20,000 cases of, of Corona um, every day. At a certain point in time. If you compare it to Denmark, it's huge. Yeah,
0: you're like double our population and you're having 200 people die per day. Yeah. And we, we think it's a lot if you have 10. Yeah. So it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's crazy. And uh, when you say that the restaurants and everything is closed, does it mean also during the day? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, Not like here, just in the evening? No, no, they're closed.
1: Okay. So I don't know when they went back to full lockdown, I think, some weeks ago. Like also, um, the, um, like, supermarkets are still open, but none of the other shops, they're all closed again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I wanted to give an opinion. (laughs) <laughs> I like to. You can... Well, you it it I find it really strange. I think, like, Belgian people, to me, it's kind of also a sign that they don't really respect the rules, because I don't understand if you follow the rules to some extent. You keep your distance, you do what, you know, they tell you, then they get that out of hand. How it's I, spreading, yeah. yeah.
0: And do you have the same kind of, like, guidelines that we do here? Like, like are you wearing more, a mask? They're a lot more strict. Yeah. You have
1: to wear a mask even outside. Yeah, everywhere, like two meters distance. You were only allowed to see, like, in a bubble. Like, I think it was your family and maybe you know two other people, like, from another family. So it was very strict. So I think people just, I think that's typical Belgian. They'd say, "Okay, those are the rules," but yeah, who cares?
0: It was interesting because I wouldn't normally think of Belgians as being non-abiding to the law. I mean, yeah. the, the it's brussels it's eu you have no, like no. <laughs> yeah. but do you have a different like living situations is it like i know in south of europe that they can be living like three generations in the same house uh, which would make it easier yeah. for the virus yeah. to spread. yeah
1: i think what we do have in belgium is the most densely populated country in europe i guess okay so because they've been
0: very close proximity. yeah like
1: from from one side of the country to the other side it's only 300 kilometers and we have 11 million people okay, <laughs> living on that small. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's that would be a contributing an factor. Yeah, I yeah, would say it, definitely. Okay.
0: So, Angie, what about uh, the UK? You are also on hardcore lockdown, or someone I've lived to here.
2: From the sound of that, it's quite similar to Belgium. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last I'd heard from friends and families, they're in full lockdown at home, full restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe a similar mentality to Belgium again, where these rules have been stricter and in place longer, yet the numbers seem to be ever increasing uh, compared to Denmark. Yeah. Um, So actually for me in Denmark, I feel like I've had a lot less rules, um, but the numbers have remained much lower. Yeah. Um, And sometimes there's a little guilt in speaking back to people back at home, where I feel like I'm allowed to do something that they're not.
0: But do you feel like when you see, like on social media and also in the news, that are people like behaving differently, for example, in the UK than than they are here? Like, does it seem like I don't know that your friends are still being very social compared to I. I it's mean, very, I don't know if we are we are limiting it a bit, but it's it's not very dramatic. For me, it's
2: very polar. There's some people that are strictly adhering to the rules and they're frustrated by the other people that are completely flouting the rules. Um, I think on the night or the eve of the lockdown, there were huge street parties happening in certain cities as one last big hurrah before lockdown. So I think people's mentality wasn't, we're going into lockdown for corona. It's, I want one big party. Mm. It was the same in Belgium, like
1: on Monday, the shops were closing again, and on Sunday there was like, normally shops are closed, but they were open, I think, in a certain city, and like Saturday and Sunday, it's like the shopping streets were so crowded that people couldn't keep distance, and it's like, that is what I don't understand, that mentality, if you have so many people dying and getting
0: sick every day, and then you think, ah, last time I can go shopping, yay. It seems like they don't really understand why the lockdowns are happening then. I remember I was impressed with the last restrictions we got from our government where they were like I didn't really get the point either but we're going to do masks from Thursday we think it works but we want to give people time to get the masks. I, I don't know if I think it would take a week to get a mask. But anyways they imposed it on Fr- uh, They announced it on Friday and imposed it by Thursday but Monday when I was in the supermarket a lot of people were already wearing the masks so it was like They kind of took it uh, in advance because they got that the point of the mask is to not infect people. So even before the law was there, uh, people were doing it. I think
2: there's a very different mentality in Denmark that I've noticed since being here, where I felt like if your government um, recommends something, people tend to follow. And I think back home, if the government recommends something, it's met with question or challenge or discussion it's not accepted as a given fact and that's one big difference i noticed between the two countries Mm -hmm. i also find
1: here it's kind of i really have a feeling like we're in this together we're going to do this together we're one community we help each other and that i don't find in belgium i find it more indeed of they impose it on us we have to follow
0: So for those of you who are listening at home, um, I just muted the recording a bit because we had a cough attack. So obviously uh, this changed our topic. Uh, I'm fasting forward and then you can follow. Well, well, We continue. I feel
2: like you're not allowed to cough or sneeze anymore. Ma! And I went to one shop which is really dusty and it was making me sneeze. I was like, it's not Corona, it's because you haven't cleaned. <laughs>
0: Ah, but it's just a different. Like I took myself and like I was a guy. I was walking down Scale and this old guy comes biking past me, and he was coughing so much, and I took myself in doing like this, and then walking past him, you know, like holding my breath, which is super stupid because if the bacteria goes out, it goes out, like it. And he wasn't within one meter's distance or no. anything. It was just like a re- reaction. I think the whole society is kind of changing, right? We're becoming more aware of these kind of things. It's time to get started now on cooking our news this brings us to topic number one of the day the mink coronavirus or as some people call it covid 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so for anyone who has watched the, uh, the news recently or if you just opened your facebook feed it's almost been impossible to miss that there's something going on with mink Uh, I'll just quickly try to run through the timeline so that everyone listening is up to date with what has been happening. Uh, And then you can follow our discussion. It started in June uh, when the first Covid-19 was tested in a mink farm in Jørgen a municipality in the north of Jutland. The farmer was infected and his family was infected and some of the mink were infected. So out of uh, precautionary principles, uh, the government decided to kill all the minks in the farm, also the ones that weren't infected. After that, we saw like more mink farms getting infected and the government killed the minks. And of course you had some of the right-wing parties saying like, uh, this is like harming the industry and so on, uh, when you're just killing people's livelihood. In August, uh, the government changed their strategy, saying that the uh, That now uh, they wouldn't have to kill the mix, but they would have to be isolated and you would put limitations on how many people could visit, like to put it at a minimum, minimum staff, and then all the staff had to wear like special gear and also visitors to the farm. Visitors to the farm? Yeah. Is this some sort of like weekend event? No, it could be. I mean, I don't know if people do that. I think it's more like uh, transportation of food delivery and like. Those kind of things, anyways, and then they wouldn't have to kill the mink. So they would just like detect it. They would isolate them, and then hopefully they could contain the virus, but they couldn't. In middle of September, it was twenty farms that were registered positive. Seventeen of these were in the uh, young comune, and uh, three were in the neighboring comune, Flexa. After that, uh, our left-wing party, Enhilslisten, suggested that maybe we should just wind up the entire mink industry, which they have been talking about for years. Um, But they said, they referred to the fact that it's animal torture and, like, uh, you have to think about animal welfare, and it's bad, actually, to keep minks in farms. So in their words, it's like 17 million mink are kept in cages in Denmark to produce the excess fur for rich people. We shouldn't be doing that. And when we speak about that, I know that uh, in the UK, you were the first country in the world to ban ming yes. back in 2000. Belgium has also banned it. I think Netherlands, who have also had issues with Corona now, they had already put the ban and they were like facing it out, but they are now um, moving it forward, like the dead, deadline for when it has to be done. After the criticism and so on, the Minister of Food, which is also the Minister of animals and so on for farming. Uh, Mohan Jensen from the Social Democrats, he decides to tighten the control of the mink farms to make sure that they are living, they are abiding to the rules, because they can see that the disease keeps spreading. So now the farms can get unannounced control visits from the Food Administration to check that they are actually following the rules. On October 1st, the government decides to change the strategy. They have to start killing the minks again. I think there was a story also where there was a seagull who had caught corona on its foot. So it didn't have corona, but it had won- get- gone to one mink farm and then it had flown to another mink farm and infected it. And I have no idea how that's possible, but they had detected it on the foot. How did they detect it? I have, yeah, I have had no corona. idea. It was some. Someone wrote it on Facebook, so it might be fake news. But I thought it was interesting, because that would mean that even if they isolate the main population.
1: It really makes me wonder if mink can get it. What about any other animal?
0: What I heard so far is that the minks can be vessels and pass it back to humans. But for example, cats and dogs, they can get the virus, but they can't, there haven't been any cases where they infect it back. Any known cases, rather than any cases. Yeah.
2: Because did this not all start from a... Pangolin, which is probably
0: the same category as minks, so they're very good vessels for like mutations of diseases. The same with bats, they're also talking about... And rats. And maybe rats also. But we don't live in close proximity, hopefully.
1: (laughs) We're in the city. Cities are infested by rats. Yeah, but you will it. In, in
2: London you are never 4 meters away from what? maybe a mouse rather than a rat, but you're in proximity. if you're on the tube or the underground you see them racing past you all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, where I lived in Belgium as well, it's like also close to water and they really have rat infestations.
0: Oh, I got. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny with some animals that we perceive as Disgusting, and I, I guess in some other countries they're not disgusting, don't they in China, I don't know if it's the wrong one, but in China, I heard that they eat rats.
1: Yeah, it could be, but I think they're still disgusting because they, they kind of tend to indeed,
2: you know, pass on disease. They carry, they're vermin that carry disease, but I've heard also pigeons are called sky rats. because mm-hmm. They're vermin that carry disease, like where does this end? And then like, we call them flying rats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like for me, it's like
1: imagine like now we have this minks, Okay, there might be good transporters, but like you never know, there might be another mutation, and then dogs and cats bring it on to people as well. You never know.
0: <laughs> but I think oh, that the problem with the mink farms is that they are so many animals stuck together in very close proximity. Mm-hmm. What and about the pig farms then? Yeah, but they are not vessels apparently. Yet.
2: So, yes. Yes. Yeah. Because was it how many years ago did we have swine flu? Oh, yeah. yeah. And yes,
0: okay, it wasn't as prevalent as no. COVID has been, but... It will be a catastrophe if we get uh, the swine corona. That will be a catastrophe for Denmark, because now we say 17 million. I mean, how many pigs? We have so many pigs in Denmark. It's our main export, I think, one of them. That would be a catastrophe if the pigs start containing uh, corona. But, uh, but it's also... The problem with the minks is that they mutate the virus, right? So I guess the other animals, even if they get corona, even if they could infect us, as long as it doesn't mutate.
2: I think that's unknown.
0: Yeah, I don't they... think we have
2: enough information no. or knowledge on this disease yet to make any assumptions.
0: But I think in general with these kind of viruses that scientists do know what which uh, animals are good uh, vessels. I know that the... One of the theories about where corona came from was this lab in Wuhan that was studying virus mutations in bats. And there was a theory that maybe a bat had bitten one of the staff or escaped from the lab and so on. So uh, scientists do know that some animals are better vessels for viruses and uh, coronaviruses than we've others. We've
2: had avian flu, we've had swine flu. now now this is Covid we don't know which animals are the carrier. Humans are also a very
0: uh,
2: <laughs> good vessel and animal. Yes.
0: So, yeah. so what do you do there? Yeah well now we're waiting for the vaccine which brings us back to the minks because the problem with the mutation is that one of them, the one they call cluster five I think, uh, it's a mutation that has changed a specific strain or something in the virus which is the part of the virus that is attacked by the vaccination and that means that people infected with this type of mutation of corona will be immune to the vaccination and that's i think what is now the big concern and so basically the government changes the strategy and starts killing all of the minks again in the infected farms and they take it one step further so it's all mink farms in a proximity of 7.8 kilometers to an infected farm that will now be killed, even if they don't have corona. So the food administration starts killing all the mink populations in these farms and in a 7.8 radius kilometer radius. They also come up with a compensation scheme for these uh, poor farmers who are now losing their livelihood. On the 5th of October, it's 48 farms that are positive. On the 12th of October, it's 76 farms. So it's more than uh, one farm per day, right? That is getting tested positive. And the number is going up every day. And on October 13th, the SSI now confirms that they are concerned that this mutated virus uh, will if it infects people, it will make them immune to the, to the future vaccines. The right-wing parties, like Venstre uh, and Dansk they criticize the government for damaging the mink industry, that they are killing random and healthy minks with doing this whole proximity thing, um, and also for the fact that the compensation package is only covering like 20% of the loss. So it puts people in a very difficult uh, position, right? On October 14th we now have 1 million infected mink Um, and there are more than 1 million mink in the radius of 7.8 kilometers of these infected farms, so that's 2 million mink. The food administration has to ask the farmers to start help them kill the animals because they don't have the capacity. Um, At the end of October we have killed about uh, 100 mink populations out of the expected 150, but the number keeps going up as well right so uh, in the beginning of this month which takes us to the news like that are going on now we are killing a hundred thousand minks daily um the food administration does not have the capacity to either collect destroy or reuse uh, dead mink there's so many uh, and this has resulted in like dead mink lying in open air as there are not enough containers to to store them 1.25 million mink have been killed by this time and this uh these pictures were like all over the news and i even heard uh one story where they were setting fire to the minks because they wouldn't be able to <laughs> put them anywhere and they did it to the wrong cage so they did it to the live minks That's instead of the bodies it's really bad but i mean the farmers have never 17 million minks no one has done this before right and you're kind of just putting it down over the head of the of the farmers that are used to like waiting for them to grow and getting help and doing at a time, right? What they have capacity to do. So it's crazy. So on November 4th, the prime minister announces in a press conference that the government has now decided that all minks must be killed. Not any of these rules they had before with infected and rages, we are gonna kill all minks in Denmark in farming because of the serious situation with the mutated virus. So it's in everyone's interest because it's about safety. She also announces that uh, she's going to close down five municipalities in northern Jutland, which is where the people have been affected with this new uh, classified virus. So I think it's around 10 or 11 people that have caught this mutation of the virus. Um, So they now can't leave their municipality, and they're on strict lockdown rooms, which we haven't experienced yet here in Copenhagen. After this, the food minister, Mon Jensen, tells a newspaper that the, the government has decided to go through with this requirement to kill all the minks, even though they are aware that there is no legal basis to do it. This is a really big thing <laughs> in the media now, because you don't, first of all, you, you shouldn't do that. Because so that means it's illegal. Some heads have to roll now. Uh, so all the media goes crazy and starts discussing like the illegal thing to kill all the minks, even the left wing parties, like who actually want to end the mink production, which is basically what you're doing when you're killing all the minks because mm-hmm. the compensation is not big enough, they're not going to be able to buy it back. Right? Um, but everyone is like, if you know it's illegal, why are you doing this? So on November 10th, the government sends uh, a new letter to all the mink farmers. So the first letter told them, kill all your minks, and now they send a second letter. The first letter that we sent you was just an advice, not an, a requirement. And I mean, a lot of them have already killed minks, right? So it's like they're kind of trying to pull it back. Um, and the the prime minister is asked in the parliament's question hour that she says it was a mistake. She announces that, uh, that they were all killed. But she puts all responsibility to the food minister. So now a lot of people are criticizing that she was the one to make the announcement. Now she's putting all the blame on him, because someone's head has to roll and it seems like it's going to be him, right? Um, and a lot of politicians are now demanding that he resigns, of course. That's basically like the process that has been going on. And I mean, the discussion that it starts is basically, there's one about the whole mink industry, which is already banned in, in so many countries in Europe. Should we be doing it? The biggest
2: surprise for me, oh from this whole story was that there is such a big mink production industry. Me too. Uh, I grew up in a country where mink production or mink farming has been banned as long as as I remember. I I don't know another world,
0: so I was shocked to hear that this is even happening. 17 million! That's insane, and they said, like the best years these two thousand and ten to fifteen at some point it was three times the fishing industry, and I would expect that like we are a country of islands that we would have a big fishing industry okay. um so it's surprising how big it is, like seventeen million I think we're just five million people
2: yeah, it
0: as you say it's the second
2: biggest exporter
0: we're the second biggest producer
2: producer in the world meat. after China, yeah. And I find it uh, surprising that it's an
0: accepted industry. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I know that the left wing have been criticizing it, but honestly, I don't think a lot of people have been aware. So obviously, this has brought it up to people's attention. In the beginning, when the journalists were asking questions about the Ming farms in these press conferences, I was like... Who wants to talk about mink farms? Why is that important? Like, I didn't get the seriousness. I had no idea how many minks we have in the country. And also, I didn't know this whole thing about the mutation of the virus, which is probably what they were asking about, where as no person here in Copenhagen who doesn't know about minks, I was more concerned about when we can go to weddings again, when we can party again, when we can go on holidays and so on. It was in the summer, right? So.
1: But- does make you wonder, right? And it, I think it's also one of the things that really comes up now in the media. Is like, we knew it in June, but why did they then wait that long to actually really?
0: But I guess they haven't understood the seriousness topic? either, yeah. because if they they started with killing from precautionary principle, mm. and then they went to isolating, and now they went back to killing, and then killing mm. everyone. Yeah. Um. So I guess they didn't, which they should have known because they should have all these researchers and so on working on it. Um, but again, you have the right wing and the left wing, right? Like animal welfare and take down the industry against protect the farmers and uh, people's livelihoods and so on. So it's with all these corona restrictions and stuff that's going on, I think it's very, very hard to keep the balance. You can't make everyone happy.
2: No, but I think it's a completely detached issue. You have the... Risk of COVID mutating in minks is one issue. But to me, this whole thing, the biggest highlight is the animal welfare issue, which is completely separate to COVID, with or without COVID. Mm-hmm. Animal, animal welfare is its own issue that maybe needs to be considered now.
0: Yeah, and I guess people are also more like aware of uh, animal welfare. I know that at, at least here in Copenhagen, among my friends, more people are starting to be for example like flexitarians or vegetarians of course it's due to climate changes but a lot of them it's also for animal welfare because a lot of animals in farming are not treated well
2: but the problem with mink farming it's not because it's for um for food production
0: it's for in russia
2: and the arab emirates No, so it's a completely different industry you are saying my, my aesthetics are more important than your life. Right. And there's a big difference between food production and fur production. Yeah yeah. But yeah, but
1: on the other hand now those people, those farmers, like from one day to the next. So what are
0: they going to do?: Yeah, next if their year? father was a mink farmer, their grandfather was a mink farmer. And
1: that's, you know, that's, I think, yeah, if you look at it, you could say, yeah, for the animal welfare, it's a good thing because the industry stops. But, you know, like in other countries where they're already banned it people get a number of years to adapt to the situation. And here for those people, it's from one into the next, it's over and out. That must be you a know, really scary situation
0: for them, yeah. And just like to give some info on the mink industry in Denmark basically, we have yeah, 800 mink farms in Denmark and 17 million minks, and the value of the production is two and a half billion Danish crowns per year. Um, and the employment situation, which is basically what we're talking about now, is that directly it's 2,600 full time employed. Um, but in addition there are all the indirect employments which is from uh, the feed industry and fur auctions, transport and so on Um, so they estimate that the total effect will be like 6,000 jobs Yeah. that's from the fur industry themselves so the number might be a bit inflated but it's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that will lose their jobs and that's on top of like farmers losing their whole livelihood because I guess an employee can get another job but when we talk about taking down the whole mink industry, which a lot of other countries have uh, have already done. Countries that we compare ourselves to is like Norway, UK, Holland, Germany, France, Spain, Austria and Belgium that have either already ended mink uh, farming or have uh, said they will do it and put a deadline. But also countries that normally don't score very high on animal welfare like Poland, Czech Republic and Serbia. So. For some reason you're just asking a country like Denmark, why are we still mink farming? It must be because of, we are the second biggest producer, so they've been afraid. But when you look at the revenue numbers, it seems like the mink industry has been losing money at least for the last, I would almost say four years. Um, maybe in 2017 it was around zero, but 16, 18, and 19, they were losing money. So it's not because we're making a fortune on minks that we're doing it. Um, and that might also be part of the reason that the prime minister is ready to do something illegal now, which will take down an entire industry, because she can kind of use corona as her excuse. Yeah, I did
1: read that a lot of our voters are from those areas, so that she is losing popularity.
0: Okay. It's always hard, because I think in general, also when we talk about that we follow what she says and so on, in the beginning, everyone was like, Whatever she says, we will do it, and so on. But now we've had it since March, right? And I feel that like the mood in the, in the population, people are be getting, more, getting more and more like, oh, another rule, another rule, and this and that.
1: But what I also found surprising with Denmark, like we had these more strict rules since a couple of weeks because numbers were going up, and you see them very fast go down again. Like it's not like in the rest of Europe, where they go up, 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 more restrictions, and they continue going up.
2: In Denmark, they go up, restrictions, and they go down. Yeah, in an indicator that people are adhering to yeah. advice and rules. and.
0: Yeah, but they also say that if you do anything, it will take two weeks to see the effects. And it seems like we can see it before two weeks, which, okay. which uh, for me is like maybe it's not because of the restrictions that is going down. Maybe there was a specific incident happening when it was increasing, but I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe. It's not I take that it as
1: like in Denmark,
0: are really good. <laughs> it could be, but they're also changing the restrictions every time numbers go up, right? So they're they're very reactive to it, at least. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. I think both of us, I think we're really happy that we're here, and so I'm very happy to, to oblige to the restrictions, because I can see, like in other countries, you can't
2: leave your house, you can't, you know, yeah, so yeah we have yeah. freedom. Right? The restrictions have been nowhere near as strict, um, but also the availability of testing has been much easier here. The in the
0: beginning it wasn't though, but now now it's like we're one of the countries most tested in the world. We've tested more than the pro- number of the population, I think. Yeah. Uh, but in the beginning, I remember when they were saying like, people who were calling them like, oh, I'm like 39 fever and I'm coughing and I can't breathe. And they were like, call us back when you get 41 in fever. Because basically they only had enough tests to test the very very sick.
2: Mm. What I hear in the UK is when if you need a test, they tell you, Mm. okay, maybe you'll get one in one week, and it's four hundred miles from your house. So can you just travel with your family? Oh god! (laughs) And go and do that. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, people will get tested then. (laughs) So it's very very different in Denmark compared Mm. to anywhere else. Mm.
0: So with the very strict restrictions in. North and Jutland now. They want to test everyone basically there. Someone who doesn't want to get tested, that they can take the police and go into the house and force test them. And I don't I know, mean, everyone yeah. has tried the test now, right? It's very uncomfortable. Know, I've, okay, you've you not been tested? No. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> this, is there no violation of human rights? That's the discussion. So basically, they are so concerned with this mutation. That they want to test everyone in the area of these uh, mink farms.
1: You yeah. know, reality always trumps fiction, right? This this is like the scenario of a, a very bad sci-fi movie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but did you see the like in in China what they did? And I know, like for me, China yeah. it's not human rights, right? Mm-hmm. But we had this documentary, and I think it was uh, published in January about the whole like process in China before it really came out to the world. And they were basically. Uh, Bolting people's doors so they couldn't get out of their house to make them stay at home, and like it was so extreme. Like when they needed people tested, it was like a a kidnapping where they would go and drag people into a car. But you've
2: just described the same that they're about to start doing. Yeah, but I
0: wonder how they will do this because I mean, as police officer, we wouldn't. I don't know. We will see what happens. But it seems very extreme. I understand that they need to test if this virus is there, so that they can isolate the people and so on. Mm. But, on the same time, it seems very dramatic or like... You can isolate without testing. You can just take the precaution, isolate. The isolation is there, I think. But I think they still would like to know how much it has actually spread. But uh, the whole, like quick uh, law changes and so on with all of this corona, It's uh, some of it is probably a bit scary because we're all like, okay, it's in our best interest, we have to keep everyone safe and actually they can trump through like so many things that uh, that you normally would never accept, right? Yeah. Like from one day to the other to decide to close an industry, a whole industry with 6,000 people and 17 million animals mm. and two and a half billion crowns but to me, that,
2: that's not been driven by corona, that's been driven by bringing an industry into the limelight, which... Not Very the, attractive. The, um, yeah, 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 it's not. And many other parts of Europe have already condemned. Yeah. So, is the reason for shutting it down corona, or is it because it's an industry that's not widely acceptable anyway? Yeah.
0: Mm. Combination. I think Corona is the excuse to take it down because it would take longer so? to I, get it accepted. It. it is
1: a really big contributor to the Danish national high court, national GDP. Yeah, yeah. So politically, economically, to just tear it down, votes as well,
2: ethically. Yeah, but.
1: You know, we don't live in a world that's politics, is
2: we don't do <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: uh, And that's not a personal opinion. No, that's that's, a, that's a, a fact. <laughs> fact. Uh, yeah, no. it is a fact. Yeah. But it's true. But um, at least now I think we brought everyone like up to date on what's been going on in the Danish news. Have you guys seen anything about this in your local news? In my news, it's all
2: about outrage that there is still a mink industry. Oh, okay. Um, Most of the... Okay, originally, the posts I was seeing from UK news were around the mutation and the worry over COVID. Actually, the secondary stream of news was all around their, the mink industry and the animal rights. And the biggest, um, I say, news feed I've seen is Instagram, people realizing that... This is a mink industry that is protested against in so many ways by the UK that nobody maybe had taken action against or was was
0: aware of actually. If they were yeah. looking into our country, like
2: yeah,
1: it was. I, I'm in the Belgian news, so I spoke to a colleague of mine in Belgium on Friday. they were talking. He said, "Yeah, all fine here except for the minks," and he said, "What?" So in Belgium so it it's not in the news. In and then I looked it up this morning, like in, in the newspaper, I was trying to find an article. I found one article in economic section that then also talked about the Belgium and the Dutch mink industry.
0: Is That's yours done? Do you know that? Or I think it's still... Um, I think it's in Being the, closed yeah. down,
1: yeah. So nothing of the outrage, more like the economic
0: side. But if yes. you still have mink farms, then the risk is there that you will get infected farms as but well because the Holland the already got it. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I know yeah. that the UK actually banned flights from Denmark to land yeah. in U.K. soil. Yes. Yes. For yeah. us, that was like very extreme. But of course, it's just for like, for now, it was just a short period. But it might be extended if we have to kill 17 million mink before going to the end. And we have killed, I don't know, two, three now. Mm-hmm. That was still like, kind of like, okay, now we can't travel to the UK yeah. anymore. But I think
1: even... You know, leave out the main thing, like throwing home for Christmas, I think it's...
0: A lot of people are going to be stuck in yeah. the city, yeah. It's
2: it's under real review, isn't it? I'm There's not going home. So because, many uh, people are now... Yeah, Christmas I mean, is going to be different this year. Mm-hmm. I and heard a lot of people it, who are, who are not... Uh,
0: we talked about, we've done it before, uh, with people who weren't going home, but to do a kind of a Christmas dinner uh, for Comed, actually, mm-hmm. for people who are not uh, leaving. So that at least they can have Christmas with someone.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but then of course you have to match all the traditions. Like we do it on the twenty fourth. I know you do it on twenty fifth. Yeah. What do you? Both. <laughs> There's a party. Yeah, we can't do it on both days. Yeah, yeah. But like you would have to kind of match the traditions. But just to do some kind of like also because holidays are the times when you're used to being surrounded by friends and family. Yeah. And let's hope that we are not gonna get Northern done on lockdown here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that we could at least give people some kind of Christmas atmosphere, yeah. multinational Christmas or something. <laughs> we will see about that when we get closer. to that. Yeah. That's the first episode. After we recorded this, the government has kept insisting on the calling of all link. The food minister, Moon Jensen, from Social Democrats has stepped down SSI has reported that Cluster 5 now seems to be eradicated and last week more than 200 employees in the mink farms tested positive for Corona. The discussion will keep going and we hope that after listening you feel more informed about what's going on with the mink and Corona in Denmark. Thank you to Angie and Ineke for joining our discussion. It was an absolute pleasure to have them with me for the first time. And thanks to you guys for listening. Feel free to send us your feedback and if you have any suggestions for future topics. In case you feel tempted for some real-life discussions, you're all welcome to join Gmeet Friends to participate in our dinners and conversation. Just write us on Facebook or send us an email on info at gmeet.net. In our next two episodes, we will discuss Samuel Petit and the freedom of speech in Denmark and the U.S. election. Please subscribe to follow What's Cooking in Denmark by Gmeet. Thank you.